take everything you know about conventional loans, by the way, and just throw that out the window. None of that matters with hard money. Um, hard money, basically, it's considered an asset-based loan. And that's what hard means on that. Hard just means the, the loan is solidified and collateralized by the asset itself. So hard money loan isn't like hard terms or anything like that. It just means like the real estate will take care of itself in the event of a foreclosure. Welcome to Teach Me Real Estate Investing, a show where I share my personal journey and the challenges I face as an investor. I invite industry experts to share their wisdom and advice to help me overcome these adversities with the hope that it'll help you on your own personal journey. I'm your host, Sogad Ghimire, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. If you ever had questions about hard money lending or hard money loans, then this is the episode for you. Our guest today, Jeremy Kitchen, breaks down what a hard money loan is, uh, what typical terms look like, what you'd use a hard money loan for, and what you can do to increase your chances of getting a better rate. So with that, let's just dive right in. All right, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing so good. How are you doing today? Thanks so much for having me, by the way. Yeah, it is my honor. I am doing well. Good, good. So before we get started and we dive into today's topic, could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and where you are in your real estate investing journey? Sure, absolutely. Well, my name is Jeremy Kitchen. I'm uh, born and raised in northern Idaho, so we're just uh, state neighbors if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, been investing for about a year and a half, and that started when my wife and I got our primary residence. Uh, so we got our primary residence at the beginning of 2021 and we were barely approved for that primary residence we had to scrape by to get everything we could uh we got it on an fha loan two and a half percent interest rate so it's a it's a loan i'm going to keep for the entirety of my life i think um within a year we experienced immense appreciation in the north idaho area so our house that we bought for three hundred three thousand appraised at five hundred twenty seven thousand dollars within one year wow yeah, pretty cool wow. stuff. So yeah. we, we thought like absolutely what we're going to do is we're going to take advantage of that. Interest rates were rising again. We got a HELOC on our house. So that allowed us to keep our same interest rate. And then we have a HELOC for I think it's almost $200,000. And we've been doing a majority of our investments out of that. So it's been a, it's been pretty cool so far. Yeah, awesome. So that first deal, you uh, your primary residence, mm-hmm. uh, did you just put 3.5% down? Uh, on the FHA loan. So yep. uh, on a $300,000 house, that's, you know, ab- about $10,000 you put down <laughs> to get the house. We right? did. And it has appreciated over $200,000 in a year. So your $10,000 pretty much <laughs> turned into $200,000. That's incredible. It's crazy. Um, and then the cool thing about that too, my wife is a realtor actually. So that 3% uh-huh. came out of her commission. Okay. So we only ended up having to put like, I think a thousand, two thousand dollars down on this whole thing to, to get it moving. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So we, she just used her closing check as her commission and used that as a down payment. They were able to take that and off we went. Yeah. yeah. And so before we got to that first deal, like what, I guess, got you into this journey of real estate investing, right? Like to, to sure. a lot of us, there's this moment in life where we realize, wow, real estate is pretty cool. I'd like to get involved in it. Uh, Was there such a moment for you? And could you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my good friends, Nick Beveridge, he runs a real estate team in the North Idaho area. Um, One of my best friends for as long as I've been alive, but um, he got me out of my normal W-2 job. So in 2018, 2019, I was a car rental salesman. Uh, Mm -hmm. I sold car rentals basically. And that was, that was what I did. And he presented me an opportunity to come work for his company being a real estate photographer. 
Okay. Um, and that's where I actually got introduced to investing. So it was really cool. I got to work with a whole bunch of high level investors. When I first got on the team, honestly, I was like, these people are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> these people, they buy distressed houses and they make money. It, it sounds like a pyramid scheme, honestly. Like, I don't right. know how they yeah. do it. Um, you know, you hang around, like they say, you're the, you're the sum of the five people you hang around with. So that became yes. my, um, my, uh, my tribe for sure. And as everyone started investing, I got the itch. And when you get the itch, right. you know, you go read the books. And then when you read right. the books, you get motivated. And then when you get motivated, you start moving. So that's what happened. Yeah. Okay. And then, so you decided to do a primary residence, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, many investors would not really consider investing, right? They don't consider sure. their own primary home as an investment property. Mm -hmm. uh, what made you decide to do that rather than take your money and invest in a rental, for example? Sure. And and that's kind of what we've done with the, with the HELOC on the primary, of course. So, you know, our obviously, like Robert Kiyosaki says, your primary residence is a liability. And it is unless you're using the equity for investing. And that's what we're doing with that. So we right. took all the equity in our house and we've since bought rentals, flips. We've joint ventured. We've done hard money mm -hmm. loans out of the HELOC. Um, I think I've done about 10 deals, honestly, just out of my HELOC. So it's uh, it's been pretty cool and made a lot of money from that. So, yeah. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your portfolio. So, you know, the HELOC allowed mm -hmm. you to, you know, buy and invest in other areas, right? You mentioned flips, you mentioned uh, other other investment vehicles, but uh, what does your portfolio look like today? Do you hold rentals or do you primarily do flips? We, we started out doing flips, but I'm working my way into rentals. So right now I have one rental that I am partnered with, with Nick Beverage actually. Um, and we funded that with our HELOC. So that was the second deal, I believe, out of our HELOC. But the first one, um, as soon as we got our HELOC, we were we were stoked to be able to do some lending or some sort of partnerships or get our foot in the door some way we could. I remember mm -hmm. coming in the office and like, we got our HELOC. Who wants some money? <laughs> and it just so happened some uh, coworkers were closing on a house a uh, couple towns down from us. Mm -hmm. And we funded that for them. And we yeah. got paid a lot of money for not having to do any of it. It was all money that isn't ours. You know, it's using yeah. other people's money to leverage your portfolio. <laughs> right. So talk to us a little bit about how you structured the deal. Mm -hmm. Right. So you had the money mm -hmm. um, and other people had the deals. Uh, how did you make that arrangement of, you know, what your return would be? Sure. And on the first one, honestly, we were kind of uh, a little gun shy, I would say, as far as getting what we needed. Uh, but we weren't experienced at l as lenders at the time. And what mm -hmm. we did was we hundred one, we funded 100% of the purchase price, which again, mm -hmm. hard money, we'll get into this too, usually doesn't do that. Uh, but we knew the people and we knew what the after repair value was on that property. And there was mm -hmm. no way we would lose if we took a first position lien on that. So I think okay. we ended up buying it for 120000 um, they did all the rehab themselves on it. And what we did is we did a 10% annualized interest um, for 12 months, basically. So at the end of that, we were going to be making $12,000. The caveat on that deal, though, was I told them if they sold it in two months, I want my guaranteed interest. So I wanted okay. my guaranteed interest for the 12 months. And they ended up selling it in two months. So we made $12,000 over the course of two months. Um, had to pay you know $400 in HELOC fees, but that was still a pretty big win for your first deal. Yeah, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, your journey, you know, you said you were in a completely different field. Mm -hmm. You had someone who kind of, you know, inspired you to get into the real estate um, 
field, right? Mm -hmm. And yep. so you started working for his company, you got introduced to investing, you decided to pull the trigger, invest yourself. Along the way, I think a lot of people, they, t they want to, uh, they have some sort of education, right? They're educating mm -hmm. themselves just so, you know, because it's a lot of money if we talk about, you know, you know, what goes into buying these properties and, you know, sure, funding yeah. the flips and so on and so forth. Uh, and so it can get scary. So people, you know, typically want to educate themselves so that they don't make big mistakes. Uh, what did you do to, you know, because you, I feel like you moved quite quickly, right? Mm -hmm. You you had this money and you're like, I'm going to go and uh, figure out how to make this money work for me. Right. Uh, yep. How did you get comfortable with that idea? Honestly, you get comfortable by doing it. Um, you know, we, we've done a couple of deals with our HELOC where it hasn't exactly been lucrative, but we've done deals where like, oh, we did that. And now that we know that doesn't work, we're not going to be doing that anymore with those. Um, we've also done a lot of equity partnerships with our HELOC. That's been a good way to kind of leverage what we have without overextending it as well. Um, so one of my projects we've done, just for an example, we did, it's called the uh, Bark Project. We bought a mobile home on real land. So mm -hmm. while they needed was $10,000 for the rehab budget on this, what we did was we gave them $10,000 in, in exchange for $10,000 of the equity. Okay. So it's, um, it was a very secure loan. That house, when they bought it, it was $99,000. Uh, they ended up selling it for two hundred thirty-five thousand. So again, I took my ten thousand and I made an extra twelve thousand off that. Yeah, awesome. Uh, what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced along the way as you decided to become an investor, a lender uh, sure. in the space? Um, honestly, as far as doing my own deals, I do a lot of partnerships. It's doing my own deals. I think it's deal flow. It's um, yeah. just keeping up. Like, what am I going to do next? That's going to be the most beneficial for me and my time and my money. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of opportunities come by us when you're saying I've got money, a lot of people come to your door say, <laughs> Hey, what do you got? What, how can we get some of that? Right. Right. Um, and it's just doing the right deals. And this year, like I said, we've been doing a lot of the HELOCs. What we've been doing this year is we're collecting all that money back and we are going to grow our portfolio from that. So instead of lending and partnering with other people, our next step, I think is we're going to be looking in the Midwest at getting a couple fourplexes, maybe an eightplex. And uh, mm -hmm. just letting that money keep growing and then uh, getting a couple rentals to solidify everything and see how it goes from yeah. there. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, I think compared to a lot of other investors that I speak to that I, you know, um, you know, I'm, you know net, uh, meet at networking events, sure. right? Uh, I feel like a lot of people have fears um, and they don't take the action. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think? Like, and I think compared to a lot of newer investors, like your, your, uh, trajectory is, has been quite fast, right? You, mm -hmm. you took that leap. You've been doing a lot of deals. Uh, what, what do you think was a key, one key factor that, uh, helped you become successful? Sure. And, and I think success is a, is a vague term for sure. Right, but, um, right, right. right. Like, cause I mean, like I look at all my mentors and I'm like, you guys are miles ahead of where, <laughs> <laughs> right? right? Like I've only right. been doing this a little bit of time, but I know what I'm, I'm laser focusing in on what I want. And as far as like, you know, some of the, some of the things that helped me become successful, it's just a, um, being open to deals, right. And opening mm -hmm. yourself up to opportunity and putting yourself in a position to provide value. Right. Because if I can provide value to my partnerships, they're going to in turn want to provide value back to me. Right. So it's just kind of we're trying to build win win situations here. And, uh, yeah. you know, we've built a lot of cool partnerships like lifelong friends and we're going to keep moving in that direction and see how it goes. So, yeah. Before we got started, uh, 
with the podcast, you had mentioned that uh, not all of your deals were success stories, right? Sure. There were some things that you, uh, some mistakes that were made along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, could you talk to us a little bit about, you know, maybe if you're like uh, one of the one of the mistakes that may have happened that you that's sure. most memorable to you, and some of the lessons that you've learned along the way that you mm -hmm. know newer investors should be aware of and shouldn't make and learn from sure. your mistakes. I'm going to say it's honestly, it's, it's partnerships are a blessing and a curse, to be honest with you, like partnerships, if you don't know what you're doing, and you have no idea how to get started, I definitely recommend partnering with somebody, but make sure you're partnering with somebody who's aligned with your values. Um, I've done a couple partnerships. So a couple times we've done equity partnerships out of that HELOC. Uh, we haven't made money. And that's because we've had a big downturn in the market since we had that high, crazy 2021, obviously. Uh, but I've lent on a couple things. I haven't lost money, but I haven't made the money I thought I was going to make. But unfortunately, what that cost me was time and other opportunity cost. Yeah. Right. So like if I was going to make, there was one deal where we're still in it. Um, I was scheduled to make about $26,000 with our joint mm -hmm. venture. And now it's down to about $5,000 because our contractors got switched out. Um, yeah. It's taking too long. You know, we can't paint in winter. Just all these holding right. costs are just eating everything up, unfortunately. Right. So my 26 is down to five. I'm not really making money if you count how much I paid on the HELOC. Right. Um, if anyone's doing that kind of thing, I would just definitely recommend that you're um, solidifying yourself in the deal and um, doing whatever you can to make sure it happens. Because at this point, I'm invested. I, I got to see the whole thing through, right? I can't I can't stop. So it's got to it's got to come to fruition. And once it does, we'll uh, we'll divvy up the costs and uh, we'll go our separate ways on that one. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so I want to talk about hard money, right? That's the main focus for today. Uh, before we get started, could you tell us a little bit about what is a hard money loan? I hope you're enjoying the episode so far, and if you are, I would really appreciate it if you could give me a five-star rating on whichever platform you're listening to me on. It would help get the podcast in front of more people so that they can also get value out of it. Thank you so much. Now let's get back to the show. Sure. Um, hard money loan is is essentially, take everything you know about conventional loans, by the way, and just throw that out the window. None of that matters <laughs> with hard money. <laughs> Um, hard money, basically, it's considered an asset-based loan, and that's what hard means on that. Hard just means the, the loan is solidified and collateralized by the asset itself. So hard money loan isn't like hard terms or anything like that. It just means like the real estate will take care of itself in the event of a foreclosure. Got it. Uh, so, you know, when people usually talk about you know, loans that are non-conventional, they, you know, typically talk about hard money loans and private money loans, right? Mm -hmm. um, what is the difference between hard money and private money then? You know, honestly, those two terms can be intermingled so much. There is no clear term, depends on who you're talking to. Uh, but what we do is hard money loans, again, so what we, how we collateralize a property is we take that first position lien on the property. That means if anything happens to the property or we need to foreclose mm -hmm. on it, we can right. foreclose and we can get that asset back. And that's the difference between hard and private money. If I were to put anything on it, that uh, your hard money lender is definitely going to want a first position loan. Uh, a private money lender might not, depending on who you're talking to. I see. And when I get a hard money loan or a private money loan, for example, mm -hmm. uh, what are typical terms that I should expect, that I can expect, like industry standards, if there are sure. averages? Yeah. So industry standards are going to vary a little bit depending on deal, depending on experience. Okay. 
Um, it depends a lot on a lot of things. So it, it works a lot different than your conventional loan in the fact that we're not actually qualifying you for that loan. We're qualifying the asset, right? So if right. you come to me with a screaming good deal, you're at something that's 50% of after repair value, which your purchase price, you don't need a rehab cost. You're going to get a pretty good loan on that. But if you're mm -hmm. coming to some at me with something that's 95% loan to value and you need an extra $3,000 to uh, fix up the property, we're not going to be able to fund that really well. Yeah. Um, the best advice I can give is, um, you know, just do your due diligence on all your hard money lenders. But typically what you're looking at is anywhere between 8 and 12% annualized. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen is a lot of 2 to 5 points, depending on how secure and how uh, how deal heavy it is. Yeah. Uh, if I'm an investor... Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, what are some s scenarios or situations where I would consider using a hard money loan for? Sure. And I would say the best time you can use a hard money loan is if you a have money to put in the deal because hard money mm -hmm. lenders, they want to have a really good loan to value. We can talk about that, too. Um, you're going to want to have a good hard money or you're going to have a want to have a good. Uh, down payment, right? So we need you to have money in the deal, typically. Okay. Um, and if you're going to use hard money, typically it's going to be for a distressed property, or it's going to be something that you're not living in because a hard money loan is not a residential loan. It's definitely commercial. You can't live in it, anything like that. Got so it. if you're buying your primary house, what you do in that case is you would buy it with a hard money. You can't live in it while you have our loan per dot Frank. Um, once you finish finishing it up, rehabbing it, everything like that, you refinance out of our loan, then you're free to do whatever you want with it. Got it. Got it. So it's mostly, you know, if I'm trying to buy a distressed property and I want to rehab it, it's like that gap funding too, before yep. I, you know, um, refinance, you know, with Correct. a conventional or a commercial yep. loan or something like that. Yeah. Um, the reason why we do that too, um, we don't want to fund on your primary residence. Again, if we end up having to foreclose, we're not in the business of kicking people out of their house. Like that's, that's not the kind of business we want. You right. know, you're going to, you're going to get a bad taste in your mouth having that we had to kick you mm -hmm. out. We're going to have a bad taste in your mouth having to kick you out. Um, right. your hard money lenders are, are very relationship based. Like right. if I can recommend anything, it's, it's get on good terms with your hard money lender and be honest right. with them, to be honest. Like if you tell us that your after repair value is going to be $700,000 and we're doing our due diligence and we're like, there's no way this is going to be more than 600. You look like a liar. Right, right exactly. exactly. So as more yeah. honest as you can be, that's just going to make everything easier for us. So Right. Okay. So as an investor, if I'm uh, interested in fixing and flipping a property, right, and I want to, uh, you know, apply for a hard money loan, mm -hmm. what would be the steps that I would need to take to, you know, apply for that loan? Sure. And again, this works a lot different than your your typical conventional mortgage or anything like that. Mm -hmm. As far as applying, the first thing I usually do is I usually open up the lines of communication to build a relationship with this person. Okay, yeah. hey man, what are you doing? What are you looking mm -hmm. at? Um, we can typically start moving once you have something under contract. Okay. Because until then, it's just kind of in the vague, right? You're like, oh, I'm right. thinking about putting an offer on this. I'm thinking about this. Well, we can think about it all we want. But until I see numbers on a paper that says this is how much you've got it for and how much of a rehab budget you need, we mm -hmm. can't really work. It's it's all going to yeah. start keep varying until we get that solidified. So I tell people yeah. if they are looking to get a hard money loan, get something under contract and get something mm -hmm. under contract that you think is a good deal. Uh, lenders themselves, right? Like, how would I go about finding hard money lenders? Is there some sort of, I don't know, forum or website I can go to to find them? Uh, do you have recommendations on? Sure. You know, 
those strategies. The, um, the easiest way to do that, I think, would just be attend your local REIs, your uh, real estate mm-hmm. investor meetups. A lot of hard money lenders, private money lenders, people with money are going to come to these meetings and they're going to mm-hmm. look to deploy that cash. Um, that's a good place to start, definitely. I don't say like I'd go to any institution. There are institutionalized hard money lenders, um, but you're not really building a personal relationship with these people. These people are just like, we've got money here. We'll figure it out. Versus, you know, like me, I just work for people who have money. That's all it is. It's people that have money. They they lend out of their IRAs. They lend out of their bank accounts. They're older retired gentlemen who just want to see um, see their money survive inflation, basically. So that's yeah. where they all pool their money together. We've got about $250 million to lend. And um, yeah, we just try to make deals happen that way. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm, you know, somewhat of a newer investor, right, and I don't mm-hmm. have all that experience under my belt, and I've, I'm now talking to a few hard money lenders. Are there certain things I can do to improve my chances of being approved? I would like to increase my chances of having getting a good rate. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I even know it's a good rate? Uh, talk to me a little bit about like you know shopping around for that deal or like you know sure. what I can do to increase my chances of getting a good deal, a good rate. Gotcha. So, so I'm actually a broker for hard money. I broker a few different people's hard money. So if someone's coming to okay. me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to see what you need, first of all, and okay. what how long you're looking to have it. Typically, hard money loans go from anywhere from 12 months to 60 months. I have a hard money lender who does five-year notes. That's a pretty good plan for a lot of people. Um, right. It just depends on what you're looking for. But honestly, if you want to get the best rate, find the best deal. Like if, if you I come see, to me with yeah. a deal, again, like that's at 95% loan to value, all my lenders are going to pretty much tell you to go away at that point. Like, unless you right. can come with a huge down payment, like we, we can't really do that because that's not a secure loan. Right. Um, but if you're, if you're, if you know your deal and if you don't know your deal, the best way I can say to get this, just, you know, a get in touch with the real estate agents, they'll be able to run comps for you as far as after repair value and what that would be in the current marketplace. Uh, so get in touch with a real estate agent. Definitely. You want to make sure you have your contractors lined up just as any kind of investment property, right? Get your team together, start building your team. That way you can do things more fluidly. Got it. Yeah. Uh, you earlier talked a little bit about loan to value, right? Mm-hmm. What are typical, uh, I guess, loan to value that I should expect, right? If I'm sure. buying a property, uh, you know, part of the decision on whether or not I should put in the offer is like, do I have enough funds myself, right? For the yep. down payment, for example. Mm-hmm. Um how much should I be thinking about having before I, you know, start offering on these properties? Sure. And that's, that's going to vary depending on your hard money lender for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, it varies on a couple of other things too. A cool thing we can do as hard money lenders is we can cross collateralize your other investment properties if you have equity in those, and that can be in lieu of a down payment. So again, it depends on the assets you have. When we first have a conversation about hard money, I'm going to say, Hey, you know, how much is your purchase price? Are you looking for a rehab budget on this? How long are you looking for the loan for? Do you have any properties that are either free and clear or high equity investment properties? Again, we can't tap into your primary for Dodd-Frank reasons. Um, But if you have any equity, that can be in lieu of a down payment. So if you're looking to come with minimum down, we can absolutely take a second position lien on your other investment properties, and that'll minimize your down payment. Now, with that, though, that's obviously going to make your we're not actually taking the loan and applying it to the loan. We're not taking the lien and putting it on the loan. Um, It's just a blanket second position lien at that point. So your payment and your actual loan is going to be higher because we would be cross collateralizing. That's always a tough word uh, (laughs) to uh, get on uh, your other loan. So. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, so if I don't have other properties, right, mm -hmm. and I'm just planning for you know straight cash down payment, sure. uh, how much should I typically expect? I would typically expect twenty percent from your hard money lenders, uh, and that's to get you at an eighty percent loan to value if you bought it at max purchase price, right? Got it. Um, it depends again on the deal itself. Like a lot of my deals, some of my hard money lenders, if you know people come to us and it's forty fifty percent loan to value, they're like, just get them funded. We don't care. Like, mm -hmm. this is fine. If we need to take it back, we're, we're good. Um, right. And that's where you're going to be finding the actual deal itself to be the most beneficiary thing as far as getting a hard money loan. Um, cool thing about us, too, is we can close in as little as two weeks. So as soon as you get your purchase and sale agreement, you can send that over to me and I'm working on you. We got it. Like, <laughs> I will let you know in advance, like, hey, man, we're not exactly where we need to be, but I will run it by my lenders right. and we'll kind of go from yeah. there. But uh, yeah, definitely 20% down is pretty typical for hard money lenders for sure. Yeah, usually when I write an offer, I think there's this like chicken and egg problem where mm -hmm. uh, they will require a proof of funds for you to put in the offer, right? Especially mm -hmm. if it's listed in the, on the MLS, you're going through an agent, you oh, need sure. a proof of funds, right? Um, where, but then most lenders will only loan to you once you have that contract mm -hmm. accepted. Uh, so what do people usually do to overcome this hurdle? Um, to provide like uh, most sure. lenders I've talked to don't provide you a generic here's how, what you're pre-approved for right it's not like mm -hmm. your conventional loan so I just like to talk to you about that yeah yeah we don't typically do a lot of pre-approvals but we will send out a uh, pre-approval of funds so if you are mm -hmm. interested in a property say you email me hey man I'm looking at this cool what I will do is I will ask you know those questions we've asked how much you got down how much you're looking to have and what I'll do is I'll make just a blanket statement that says, yeah, we have these funds available um, for whatever LLC personal name we're putting this in. And at that point, at the bottom, it still says, you know, we need to do our due diligence. This is not a pre-approval or a pre-qualification. This is just a thing that says, if he gets fund, we will take care of it. So yeah, we can absolutely write those up. Those are super easy to write up. Awesome. And a lot of investors, so, they do like that, you know, so especially if you're coming to something again, like you said, on market, they do want to see proof of funds and we can absolutely give proof yeah. of funds. Awesome. Uh, let's flip the table a little bit. And uh, let's say I'm the person that has, you know, uh, some amount of money um, mm -hmm. that's just sitting there and I'm thinking about ways to deploy it mm -hmm. um, and, you know, lending this money to other folks to you know fund their deals sounds mm -hmm. appealing to me right sure. and you mentioned your your broker uh mm -hmm. who will help um connect the two right you're connecting a lender and yep. someone who's looking for the funds together uh what is your advice on folks that have the money is is it the same uh advice you have for people looking for funding where they go and look for brokers Sure. and make relationships with or are there ways like other ways i can find way uh you know find people to lend my money to yeah yeah again i think the the best thing i would say is go to those rei meetups um you'll find a lot of people you'll find a lot of other lenders doing the same thing you can either deploy through them and they'll just pay you passively like they find the deals you don't have to do anything completely passive i give you my money you give me more of my money back when it comes back Right. Um, or you can you, know, you can do the vetting of the deals yourself. And at that point, you're taking on a little bit more risk, but you're also mm -hmm. taking on a little bit more reward. So it just depends on what you really want with your money and what returns you're looking for, I think. Um, you know, a lot of investors, they like that 9 to 10% annualized return, but you can find private money from, you know, doctors, family members for 3 4 
Um, although I do advise against that sometimes, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, for folks who want to get started in real estate investing, mm -hmm. do you have tips or advice uh, to them on how to get started? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing I would do is if you're trying to get started in real estate investing, again, go to these meetups, find the people in your area who are doing things either at a high or low level or at a level you want to be at and just start building that relationship with them. Take them out to coffee, pick their brain and make sure you're trying to provide value for whoever you're getting in front of. Um, you know, a lot of these people, they lead pretty busy lives, but if you can provide value and typically that's in the form of either time, money or knowledge, uh, you can build some really, really cool relationships doing that. The other thing I would say is just get educated, like, like dive into, you know, rich dad, poor dad, dive into all there's thousands of books about investing, uh, start reading them and start learning what other people are doing and what's effective and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some awesome tips. So, uh, I'm curious to hear about your personal journey, right? Mm -hmm. You, you've, you know, uh, got into the field, you became a lender, um, you started doing some deals with your own, you know, HELOC as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, and now you're thinking about, uh, moving towards, you know, holding some properties, uh, yeah. buying some, you know, multifamilies, uh, do you have, uh, I guess like, you know, long-term, do you have certain goals, uh, that you're working towards? And I want to hear a little bit about, you know, what you have planned for the next year. That you sure. Yeah. Long-term right, right now, what my wife and I are trying to do is we're just taking it one property at a time. Um, in our current market, we are definitely priced out of everything. So the median house point, it's its a lot like Seattle, I think. Even the median house point here, it jumped up from 303, again, in 2021 to over $500,000. Anything wow. we want has got to be definitely off market. And we have to make sure that we can hold it, basically, because I don't want to flip anymore. I want to hold assets that stabilize the portfolio. And then once that gets going, I get some good cash flow going. You know, just start deploying a little bit more, getting a couple more and watch that snowball build a little bit. Mm -hmm. The one thing, like I said, we're focused on right now is just it's just getting the next thing. So it's the most important next step. Um, we're getting that money back from our HELOC right now. And once that's all back in the point where we can deploy it again, we're, we're moving. We're going to be buying a couple properties in the Midwest. I got a couple markets I'm targeting right now, talking to all the mm -hmm. realtors down there, trying to build a little team. Um, it's scary, but I think it's going to be effective in the long term. So, yeah. Uh, the HELOC that you have, could you talk to folks, uh, to talk to us a little bit about, uh, how that works, right? Like, let's say I have equity in my home and I want to pull a HELOC. Uh, what do the terms usually look like? How, how, how do you usually pull the money out and sure. how would you compare that to hard money loan? Gotcha. And it, it's different than a hard money loan. So typically when you get a HELOC on your house, it's going to be in a second position lien. Um, so we have a HELOC for you know, $180,000, that's just a lien on our house at that point, but we are mm -hmm. using it to make more money and it's always secured right. by its own, everything we're doing. Um, honestly, it would depend on your strategy and what your interest rate is when you want to get a HELOC, because if you have a high interest rate, a cash out refinance might be a good thing to do. If you mm -hmm. have a very low interest rate, like we did, we had a two and a half percent. We're not going to see that for a long time. If right. I refinanced out of that, that gets rid of that interest rate, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So again, it depends on like really like your long-term goals with it. If you're pretty much standard, if you, if you're at a five and you're at a five, it doesn't matter either way. You can, you can do the cash out or you can do the HELOC. The thing I like about the HELOC, it's basically like a 10 year credit card. So we have the HELOC for 10 years. We can do whatever we want in those 10 years. Once it's done, we pay the HELOC back and then we can get another HELOC if we want. 
Um, cash out refinances are cool though too, because that's all tax-free money. So it just again depends on what you want to do with it and how quick you want to move. I think both are viable options depending on the type of equity you have though, for sure. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so uh, I learned a lot today. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Uh, for folks who want to reach out to you, what is the best way of doing that? Uh, I'm on Instagram, so I'm at, at REI Funding. Uh, I'm on YouTube at the same name. Uh, I love to talk to people. I love to talk to investors. I love to make yeah. cool relationships. And yeah. uh, I like to watch other people grow. So if you're doing cool things, follow me. I'd like to follow along on your journey as well and uh, cheer you along from the sidelines. I like to be an open book too. So if anyone has any questions, you know, feel free to reach out to me and uh, we'll see what we can make happen. Yeah. And uh, as a lender, uh, are there certain areas you lend in or do you, is it across the country or certain states? Uh, yeah. If folks are looking for hard money lenders like, and they want to reach out to you, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about you know, where you can sure. and cannot fund. So like I, guess, like I said, again, we're just guys with money. So a lot of my guys are stationed in Washington and Idaho. There's a couple other states we do. Um, mm -hmm. Most states we do do are in non-judicial foreclosure states, which means if we have to foreclose on the property, it's not going to have to go through the court system. And that's not the type of business we want anyway. We don't want to be foreclosing on everybody. We don't want to be foreclosing on anybody. And that's where right. you know hard money is really nice. So if you're coming to me and you're saying like, hey, I'm having a problem paying this, we're going to say, how can we help you before we just take that property back? Because we're invested too, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, it just depends. But um, if you're looking for hard money anywhere, you can t contact me. Worst I, worst I can do is tell you no. And if not, I mm -hmm. might have a referral for you either way. So yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, we'll link your uh, Instagram there for folks. Uh, if they want to, you know, cool. uh, get a hard money loan, they can contact you. And if anyone wants to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube at ISO got this. Thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to talk to us today. I learned a lot. I hope the audience does as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you much, so much for having me. I definitely appreciate being here. All right, that is the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I would really appreciate it if you could take a moment to give me a five-star rating on whichever platform you're listening to me on. It would really help my mission of teaching more people about real estate investing. Thank you, and I'll see you in the next one.